Hello everyone and welcome back to FICCast. I am joined today with Brad. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? They can't see you. Hey! Uh, hey, what's up? They can't see me? No! I thought this was going to go on Instagram. I thought I was being able to see as well. Oh, well that's a shame. I didn't just tell my fucking head for nothing. Um, oh, hi guys. Anyway. Yes, so I am Brad. Some of you may not may or may not know me. Um, I am predominantly an online coach and a classic bodybuilder. Anything you want to ask me first, Molly, or do you want me just kind of kind of just kind of um, a little bit about yourself? You want to like introduce yourself, your competing history? Yeah, yeah. Just tell everyone who you are, really. This this reminds me of those, um, you know, those kind of like training days where you all have to sit in a circle. Hi, I'm Brad. I've been working here for six years. <laughs> a little bit about myself. So, yeah, um, I have been working in the fitness industry for maybe six, seven years now. Um, I started off actually teaching um, classes in a park and then moved on and progressed to a gym doing one-to-one training. Um, and then from lockdown, basically moved my entire co- uh, business um, to online, which was always the end goal, but I think COVID kind of kickstarted that in the right direction. So, been an online coach now since lockdown one, basically. Um, bodybuilding, I have only done my first season last year, where I competed in yeah. three federations, which was PCA, FX, and Two Bros. Um, like as soon as I stepped out on stage, I knew that was me. Like all I ever wanted to do was bodybuild from there on um it took me a long time to initially step up on stage because i just i knew i wasn't ready so you know i I went from eight and a half stone when i first started training maybe seven or eight years ago to then stepping on stage for the first time last year um and yeah just just from there i knew that was that was all i wanted to do in regards to my own goals so eight and a half stone is basically me on stage around that i think yeah I was. I mean, I've seen photos of you. <laughs> Very small. Yeah. I I had um, very very different priorities before I started training, um, and eating and training was definitely not one of them. No. Uh, the lifestyle <laughs> that I lived was very very different. So yeah, different Brad back then. Yeah, but all good changes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I think anyone who has come from a dysfunctional past, let's call it, um, would probably be grateful for the lessons that they've learned throughout that. Otherwise, they wouldn't be who they are and they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Because I know for me that a lot of what I do now has stemmed from what I was or what I've been through in the past. You know, mm. it kind of molded me and changed me. So definitely grateful for the lessons. Yeah, definitely. And I like I think I've always said this. I mean, we're quite close. I know a a lot about your past. Um, We don't need to go into it here. But um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time people that do compete and when you really get to know them, they kind of get into bodybuilding through reasons that aren't necessarily happy reasons. And they find themselves through this and they find kind of a direction through this. So and I know that's something that's really, really helped you. So, yeah people aren't alone yeah absolutely I think sometimes you know but one thing that I've found bodybuilders are some of the realest most genuine kind caring people you you can ever come across and you know I'm not saying 
everybody, but a lot of them have come from that kind of, you know, potentially dark or disrupted backgrounds, which makes them more genuine. So, Absolutely, you know, yeah. whether bodybuilding was an escape or an outlet or a distraction, you know, I think it, it shows that, you know, and for myself, it was an addiction, you know, you swap one addiction for another. And that's what I used to kind of mask what was my past. So, you know, I think there's, there's always that relatability to people because it's almost that acknowledgement without saying it, you, you can see someone's physique or you can see someone the way they train. You just, you just know from seeing that. Okay. Yeah. I understand. You know, you might not understand fully, but you can, you can relate to a degree. And I think that's quite common in this industry. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And people that see me and Brad and chatting together, we do actually get on really well. We just act like we don't. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> so, I just apologise now for any foul language that comes out of, of Brad's mouth because I'm a lady and I would never call him such horrible yeah. names that he calls me. <laughs> yeah, I call bullshit on that one. I call bullshit. Yeah, it's so it's can... funny though because you mentioned that and I can't remember what show it was but um someone was having a conversation with us and they were like oh my god like do you two even like each other we're like yeah we really do just <laughs> from an outside point of view it doesn't sound like it because we talk to each other like shit but I think that's kind of how we've always been so me and Brad um oh. met and our, well we met on Instagram first really didn't we oh. and our first conversation I'm hoping we can't hear the dog yep. barking at someone walking past but oh. our first conversation oh. so I decided to jump into a FedEx show and Brad was with the same coach as me with Vaughn at the time. Um, and Rebecca, I knew Rebecca was doing it. And then he told me Brad was doing it. So our first conversation was a message to me, to Brad saying, hey, I'm doing FitX. My mate's making brownies. What flavour do you want? And then that was it. We were friends. <laughs> that was it. History in the making. I mean, yeah. if somebody rolls into your DMs talking about bodybuilding and promising brownies, like, what more can you want? Like, that's, that's it. It was written in the stars from there. Yeah, so I was there with him um, for your first show. Um, that was my fourth show. Um, I was there yep. for all your shows, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah, FitX, PCA and Two Bros. Yeah. Um, I think because we, we weren't supposed to compete with each other at first. Um, no. My show got moved because I was supposed to compete in FitX, the Welsh show, um, but that got postponed, so we brought my first show forward but I think it was like four or five weeks um, so we had a little bit of like a power prep yeah um and then yeah we competed together for the first time at FedEx where the queen herself took the overall thank you <laughs> very very good show that was very happy it was um, fun. I came third in both my classes on that one which I was very happy about, very happy. Look, I know really some good. people were not so happy about because they thought I was robbed, but yeah, very happy with that show. Um, met some really cool people that day as well. So like I said at the start, just as soon as I walked out and those stage lights hit me, I just, I knew this was, mm. this was all I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was very, very powerful. And it's, actually, I haven't written a question about this, but it was very powerful in your routine. I remember saying to you afterwards, and I didn't really know that much about you then, um, your routine that you did was something that was very special to you and that kind of I watched it and I'd got goosebumps and I was like okay but um there's something that like yes. you're very passionate about now isn't so, it absolutely 
Um, and I, I don't think many people know, um, but for me, bodybuilding obviously is something that I love, but it's also my expression. And obviously being in um, the classic category, we have our stage routine where, you know, we pose to a piece of music of our choice. Now, my uh, music that I chose for my first season was actually my sister's favorite song. Um, it's quite a funny story. You know, it's, um, well, the original is Frankie Goes to Hollywood, The Power of Love. Um, and she would always say, it's my favorite Christmas song. And people are like, oh, it's not, it's not a fucking Christmas song. And it, it, her, her answer back would always be, it was number one of Christmas, whatever fucking year it was. So I, I wanted that to be almost in memory of her. So that's why I chose that song. And that's why that was uh, my routine for my first season. So yeah, I think people could feel the emotion and, and, and the energy that I put yeah. into that routine, but not many people knew why that was the song I chose. No, so I didn't know until after, but I, yeah, I could feel it for sure. But it was something really mm. special. So anyway, you got you come um, third there and then you went on to Two Bros. Yep. Yeah, that was the next one, wasn't it? That was a yep. busy show. Yeah, I think there was 15 or 16 of us in our class. Um, I came fifth at that show, which to me, I, you know, going to Two Bros um, for that pro qualifier was, for me, just stepping up against the best of the best that season. Um, also competing against my old coach, um, Vaughan, and my previous coach, Kieran, as well, actually. So that was quite a cool experience, just being on stage with those guys. I never went there in the mindset of I want to win. That was just going mm. there to just have some fun with some very, very fucking competitive bodybuilders. Um, I ended up coming away doing a lot better than what I thought. Um, but yeah, it was just a cool experience being on stage with them guys. Yeah, it was. And it was a good day as well because there was a lot of us from the team there as well, wasn't there? Because you did it. Yeah, did massive, it. massive. The... Um, Torgy did it. I can't yep. remember who else did it. Vaughn, Vaughn was Vaughn. competing, Torgy. Uh, Chris had a client as well. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? Young Junior. Why is his, uh, why is his name? Like, he's going to fucking hate me for getting his name. Jake. That's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I had a mind blank then. Um, and yeah, and then Clara and Ali had come up as well, hadn't they, and Marina. So that was, it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of faces there. Yeah, it was good fun. And then PCA. Where yep. you won. My last one of the season was PCA. Yep. Um, which was actually a last minute show. Um, I remember coming off stage at Two Bros and then Vaughn was like, do you want to do another? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. Um, so PCA was the last one, the Saxon Classic, um, where once again you were there and had to put up with my bullshit because I had a bit of a, uh, a tantrum. hysterical moment. Not actually quite hysterical. <laughs> yeah, tar- let's call it a tantrum. Can we call it where more than like, a moment as fat, well? I'm not ready. <laughs> okay, it was, it was pretty much a whole evening and a whole morning. Um <laughs> For some reason in my head, I'd, I'd got into my head that I wasn't ready, um, that I was holding a lot of water. Um, I think it was at that point that I knew I was definitely done for the season because mm. it had been a very, very long prep where um, we kind of did such a speed prep getting ready for the first show. I was actually ready eight weeks before my first show and then did two shows after that. So I think mentally I was just very fatigued. I was just, I, I didn't want to come out of prep, but I think my body was done. Um, and I definitely went into that one with a different mindset and you 
bless you, like had to put up with my fucking bullshit and tantrums. And I think there was one, one day Molly was just talking to me in the evening. I was just like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I just, I just become this miserable bitch. Um, but yeah, I ended up winning that one. So very, very happy with that. The, the thing was, Lovely I way to end the season. I knew you looked really good, and you were just like, "No, I look really fat." And you were like, <laughs> "You were just on one. <laughs> like you're fine. You look good." Yeah. No, just don't talk to me. <laughs> I was like, "Great, come to support you." And I get this shit. Thanks. Um, but yeah, you won. You didn't do the yeah, overall feed- after. Because we had to feed- stand outside, didn't we? So that wasn't great. Um, what was your feedback? It was, it was it was very much... Um, I can't remember what the feedback was. I think one of them was more size. Um, I can't remember what my feedback was for PCA. It was all very, very positive. You know, condition was mm. always a very, like, prominent one. They were always very happy with my condition. Um, I think a lot of them just oh, preferred so you size you because weren't I wasn't then. always the biggest on stage. No. <laughs> no, I wasn't fat. <laughs> Look, okay, I felt, I felt fucking fat. I felt fucking fat. My glutes were in <laughs> pretty much the leanest on stage every show that I was at. But still, in my mind, I was fat, okay? Yeah, all right. I still could have been leaner. Fine. And I stand by, I stand by <laughs> that statement now. I still could have been leaner. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a bit of like fat on the, like, the bottom of your foot, actually. That could have come off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not enough to like. Could not cut myself though, right? Remember, <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, posing practice like the day before, and I end up giving myself oh, fucking yeah. horrific carpet burn on my foot. I was like, put your socks on. Fucking You're gonna get carpet idiot. burn. No, I'm not. Why do I practice with socks on? I'm not wearing socks on stage. I was like, okay then. Oh, I've cut my toe. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. So obviously since your last few shows where you did like very well, you changed coaches. Um, you've gone with uh, Joe Jeffries now, which is um, really cool. Yep. And when you kind of told me, I was like, I think this is a really good move for you. But, but it's a very different kind of change in how you train. So as someone that's trained with you, you I often find you used to go into a very dark place and you used to shout at yourself. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone so loud in the gym as you in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I think the best word to sum up the way I used to train was just violent. Um, Yes. And it was, it's uh, still to this day, just, I love training like that. Um, You know, I, I, I kind of grew up in the kind of bodybuilding realms, watching videos of CT Fletcher and, um dorian yates the old blood and guts videos and just i was fascinated with that almost gun to your head style of training um and still to this day like i I love that approach but it just it doesn't suit me anymore um and this is something that um i've been thinking for a long time before starting with joe and then when i did start with joe just his methods are very very different um for those who don't know training with reps in reserve and over a much longer kind of um, mesocycle and periodization. And I think, you know, when I first started, I won't lie, I was very hesitant. I thought, this is completely different. Am I going to enjoy this style of training? You know, is it going to give me that same satisfaction that I Mm. used to have? But for those who kind of knew me closely, I've been saying for a long time that I don't know how much longer I can continue training the way that I was. I I would put everything I had 
into that one session and I would be absolutely fucking ruined for days afterwards. I couldn't, couldn't hold a conversation. I couldn't, you know, think properly. It was affecting my work. It was affecting pretty much everything. I, I was almost a hollow shell. And, you know, I, I speak to quite a lot of people about this, that, you know, sometimes when you, you psych yourself up and, and like you say, take yourself to those dark places for the purpose of training, it's very hard to then bring yourself out of that for the remainder of the day or days afterwards. And it, it can almost feel like a bit of a dark cloud that kind of follows you around. Um, and three weeks, four weeks into Joe's style of training, and I just saw my progress skyrocket. Um, and uh, you can't argue with the science of it. It works. And yeah. I feel like a completely different person. My, 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 fo my focus is there. You know, I feel like a human. I can still train, you know, to a degree of intensity, but nothing like I was before. And, you know, I have to, I have a very, very different approach now. I can't listen to the type of music that I used to when I trained and I can't psych myself up for the sets that I used to the way I used to. So I just go into the session with a very, very different approach now. Um, a, a controlled psychopath, not a completely fucking, yeah. like, let loose one. And how, because I think one of the first things I said to you was training for you has always been kind of the thing that's helped your head. And I said, the mm -hmm. only thing that would concern me is, is this going to be able to help your head in the same way that training like an absolute fucking loon used to? <laughs> I, I think you, no. said it, you said it yourself, like a fucking loony. Um, and, yeah. you know, it, you said that and a couple of other people have said it and... I think this has just come from maturing in myself. Mm. And, and you're right. When I first started training, it was my escape. It was my release. You know, I, I come from a background of addiction, a background of anger problems. And I always found it very hard to express myself. And the only way I was able to express myself is with anger or just being completely off my fucking nut. So that was how... I first got into training and I think just as the years have gone on, I'd, I, I'd grow, I grew up, I, I matured. I, I no longer needed that escape the way that I, I used to. And now my training now is simply for my bodybuilding. Is this session going to get me closer to my goal? Is it going to take me away from it? And I found that my old style of training just became negative it wasn't it wasn't proactive for what i wanted you know I, i'd stalled at the same weight for a very long period of time sessions almost became like anxiety inducing i, I kept thinking mm. like fuck am i even going to be able to do this session because of the weight i need to lift or the way i feel and injuries that i'd kind of had kind of laying dormant so it, it became kind of inconducive to my goals and do you find the way you speak to yourself as well now when you train? Because you used to be like quite nasty to yourself when you would train. Do you still <laughs> speak to yourself like that? Yeah, there are times. There are times. And I think this is, I've got a very healthy relationship with myself. And I know that sounds a bit weird, but, you know, I think if somebody walked into the gym and heard me calling myself a piece of shit or a lazy cunt like I used to, People would think, fuck me, this guy's got some serious issues Can with we himself. just, like, clarify this? It, he wouldn't just be, like, saying it quietly, oh, Brad, you're a piece of shit. He would be screaming this for, like, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. fucking lazy, can't live that way. I'm like, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, if anybody didn't know me, they would definitely think that I need fucking sectioning. But yeah, it is that that I, you know, maybe it's not the right way of, of training or not, but I I react to anger. I react to those things. So if there was a day where I was extremely tired or if there was a day where I just felt like I couldn't do it, I would push a button that I knew would get the response and 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 speaking to myself like that, don't get me wrong, like I'd never fucking encourage people to talk to themselves like that or or speak to other people like that. But for me, if I if I knew that I had to get the job done, I would get the job done any possible way. And that would always be a quick fire way of getting a reaction. I would I would push the buttons inside me to get it done. Um, mm. which like I said at the start, it's not always the best way of doing it. It can it can then kind of eat into the rest of your day. You can become quite a bitey person. Um, and, and there were some days where I just wasn't very nice to be around. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to be bitey. But when you do kind of take yourself to those kind of dark places or, you know, wind yourself up to, to that extent, you can become a little bit temperamental around other people as well. I do think actually, and I've never actually thought of this before, but kind of more recently, we've got on a lot better than we have in the past. And I don't know whether that could be part of it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I am, You're a lot and more I think this is where, yeah, I am a lot more chilled. And I think this is where, I think if people didn't know me, you know, one of what a big misconception with me is when people do get to know me, they're like, oh, do you know what? You're actually quite nice. Like I thought you was a bit of a prick, which I completely understand. If anyone walks in, yeah, I am. I'm a massive prick, but <laughs> I think if. If people walk in off the streets and see me training, they'll be like, oh my God, look at that fucking idiot, like steroid junkie, like can't control his fucking anger. But it, it never is that. Like, you know, and obviously people do have that, that kind of misconception that drugs will affect someone's temperament, but it was just the way that I fucking love to train. Um, but it has, like changing that training style has made me a much more relaxed, calm person. Um, I'm a lot more rational as well. Like, don't get me wrong, I can still be a bit of a fucking hothead at times, but... I have become a much more chilled person. And I think as well, because I'm seeing more progress from this more of a relaxed style of training, not relaxed, but compared to what I was doing, um, of course, that makes me feel more at peace in what I'm doing as well. Yeah, that's cool. So my next kind of question for you is kind of what made you mm-hmm. want to become a, not necessarily a coach, but coach competitors. So obviously you've been working in the fitness industry years, you've done that, and then because I remember you saying to me I really want to coach Molly I really want to put people on stage what kind of made you want to do that as opposed to just helping lifestyle clients which you still do as well don't you yeah absolutely absolutely I think this is something that is still quite a a misconception about me people think that I just coach competitors but I don't like I, I will coach absolutely anybody but the reason why I wanted to coach competitors um I've always been fascinated with it ever since I was a kid Growing up, you know, watching bodybuilders or, or, you know, even growing up and just watching the fucking cartoons that I used to watch and just seeing people that were just jacked, I was like, I'm fucking fascinated with that. Um, and I remember when I first became a PT um, and someone said, you know, what do you want to specialize in? I said, you know, coaching competitors. I want to pe- put people on stage. And um, this guy said to me, well, don't you think that you should do that first? And of course, that was always my goal. I was just, I knew I was too small. Um, so I think once I stepped on stage, that was almost that clarification that 
people needed to know that I could do that as well. And I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the industry. Should you compete yourself if you are going to approach competitors? Personally, I don't think it's necessary. I think it would give people more confirmation, but I don't think that's necessary. You know, some of the best coaches in the world don't compete themselves or have only competed maybe a handful of times, but I don't think you need that. But I think, sadly, this industry is quite fickle and because it is basically social media market, if they don't see those pictures of you being lean or on stage, people sadly won't go to you unless you've got a fucking portfolio of hundreds of people that have been on stage. So I think for myself being a, a smaller person coming up in the industry, I think that was essential for me to do that. Yeah, and I, th I think I'm exactly the same with it. Like, unless I'd done well, I wouldn't, been, I wouldn't be able to... But I do think it gives you a good insight, you know, when people are, especially with first timers, they're like, I'm really hungry or I'm struggling with this. You've got that insight, like, yeah, do you know what? I know how that feels to be really fucking hungry or really fucking tired or Absolutely. whatever it is, um, which you wouldn't have necessarily if you hadn't dieted to extremes yourself before. Um, I agree. I think you need to be able to relate. Absolutely. So something I kind of wanted to talk about, and I kind of really believe needs talking about in the industry right now is kind of like red flags in coaching. This is kind of what we wanted to um, topic this podcast about. Um, mm -hmm. I know you've had some really bad experiences yourself with a coach. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I first started kind of training myself, um, I got in touch with someone who I thought was a reputable coach based on their physique, their, um, their competing history, their basically their whole kind of ethos. I thought, you know, this person is a living, breathing bodybuilder, a reflection of what I wanted. So that I assumed would be a good coach. Um, now, um, I'm not sure how in depth you want to go. I mean, I don't give a shit. I, I speak honestly, but I think go as in depth this as you person, want to go, to be honest. Cool. This person, like. The more educated I became, the more I realized they were not educated. The The advice that they were giving and things that they've done to people in the past and I probably still are doing, I have no idea, he blocked me on social media. Um, <clears throat> but when I first started out, um, his first advice to me was, I would never get anywhere unless I started taking drugs. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm gonna listen to a professional, this is what I pay him for. So I started taking anabolics. Um, I'm not sure if people listening understand the ratios, but his first cycle that he put me on, bearing in mind that I was a newbie, was 600 milligrams of test and 600 milligrams of trend. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it did not take me long to realize that I was in a fucking shit state. So um, I, I believe it was maybe two or three months down the line, I ended up in hospital with jaundice. How? Um, heavy were you at that point because i'm guessing you were quite small as well at that point yeah fucking small so i've been training for about a year a year and a half before i went to see him so i was no more than 10 10 and a half stone um and even after what he decided to do i, I maybe put on a stone but anyone that knows anything in regards to anabolics that wasn't fucking quality muscle that was a no. shit ton of fucking water retention um i looked like shit felt like shit um, but being young and naive and thinking that I was doing the right things, I was like, yeah, this is, this is fucking brilliant until 
I started to fall quite ill. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up in hospital with jaundice, like pretty much to the point of liver failure. Um, and I thought, oh my God, I'm fucked. And that and was did, almost a turning point. Did he well, tell you at this point, like, you know, this are the risk, these are the risks associated with it? Um, did he tell you to take any sort of liver support? Was there any no, of that with it? Or not. was it just, you should do this? No, there was, there was no kind of health advice. There was no guidance. Once I kind of said to him, basically, what the fuck have you done to me? He said, it's your responsibility to search the pros and the cons. It's your responsibility to understand the health implications first. You came to me for advice and I just simply gave you advice on how to get bigger. Um, he took no ownership of it. Um, I think this is someone that I not only kind of saw as a coach, but I knew for quite a while and I thought was a friend as well. And, you know, it became apparent over the years that he'd, he'd done very similar things to many other people that I knew. Um, I, I still coach now some of his old clients. And there is this kind of repeat pattern of almost like emotional blackmail and emotional abuse mm. of the way he treated people of if you didn't want to do something. Like I remember when I said to him, like, this is this is not right. I need to change things. And it was, oh, you're weak. You can't stand it. You, can't, you don't have what it takes to compete. Like... It, people will do anything that it takes to compete. And it, as soon as I questioned something like that, I remember he put me on keto once um, and I did keto for 17 days straight and I felt fucking dog shit. Like yeah. bearing in mind how small I was and it was, oh, you don't have what it takes. This is what it takes. And I was like, I, I know for a fact that I don't need to be doing keto right now. What, I, what need was carbs, like, I need carbs, I need to grow. you on keto. Uh, everything to him didn't really seem to have a rhyme or reason at all. It was always, it always just seemed to be how hard can you push someone or, you know, how much can he do to then put, push that point, that person to the point of failure. And it was almost like he was just trying to make people fail. He was setting people up for failure. Um, and he almost got a kick out of it because I think he was one of the only people in the town that was kind of competing at that time. And, you know, he had this kind of, um, name for himself of the bodybuilder of Ipswich. So I think he wanted to just be the only one. He wanted to have that niche. And I think the more people kind of got into it, he always had this negative connotation to anyone that's competing, oh, they're shit, they'll never make it. Or, you know, there was never any positive, there's never any praise to people, which I think another thing that kind of was my driving force when I became a coach of, I don't want to be like that piece of shit. Yeah. Like I want to be completely the opposite of that. So I think that was always the kind of mold that kind of made me who I was as well. Yeah. And like, I think that's the same with me. And that's, that's why I got into it is I saw, I mean, I've been very, very lucky. I've only ever had Vaughn as a coach and he's never put me in a situation where I've been ill or been in hospital or, you know, had any mm -hmm. issues at all. Um, but as a posing coach, I was meeting people where they were taking stuff and I was like, do you actually know what this is? No. Yeah. Like, why the fuck is it's your coach scary. doing this? Honestly, it's terrifying. Um, yeah, some of the stories that I've heard and, you know, coaches yeah. that have said to them, look, it's not really right for girls. Not that it's not right. I can't remember what they said, but, you know, it's our secret that we're going to put you on Anavar and don't tell anyone. Well, that to me is oh, a red flag no. instantly. Instantly. Like, don't Absolutely. tell what you're on. But Absolutely. I think... This is something that I say to all my clients or anybody that asks for advice is if you're not prepared to talk to your loved ones about what you're doing, don't do it. 
Yeah. Like you should be open and honest about it, especially to the people you love. You don't have to like fucking shout it from the rooftops on social media, no. but your close loved ones, you should be able to talk to them and say what it is yeah. that you're doing. Because I mean, with, I mean, for me in my job, perhaps they might not agree with it and I could potentially lose my job, you know, if mm. I was taking loads of anabolic steroids. Because um, I work for the council, obviously, be careful. If you work for the NHS, I know you have to be yeah. careful. So there's things like that where people in their jobs, they they can't shout about what they're taking. And I completely understand that. But at the same time, this conversation needs to be opened up so people know what is and what isn't acceptable. Um, and this is Absolutely. kind of why I started this podcast, because I wanted to educate people on what we should and shouldn't be looking at as people looking for a coach um, and who have coaches and who have sometimes coaches that don't have your best interests at heart and like what you were having with your previous coach I, I don't even yeah. know what interest he had at heart there to be honest I think personally because he was fronting the drugs it was all money orientated so it was probably all oh, he was selling pocket. it yeah uh, yeah and I, I think this is I've had this conversation with so many people like clients and non-clients there there is no set standard in this industry no. Somebody can literally just start up an Instagram page, call themselves an online coach, stick up some transformation pictures and take people's money. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing to govern what that individual says to, to do or not to do. You know, one coach can say, here, take 600 milligrams of test, 600 milligrams of trend. There is no governing body to go up to that person and go, well, what the fuck are you playing at? Like, yeah. you are not allowed to trade anymore. Like, th- there's nothing to do that. There, there's what nothing is- to even say that online coaches have to have qualifications no there's a guy in america and i think he's killed like seven of his clients so it's, it's something ridiculous it's a lot of yeah. girls it's a lot of girls i say girls it might be guys yeah. as well I, i'm not that sure and he's still coaching i'm like how yeah there's uh, and this is something that you're seeing like more and more apparent in the industry maybe not to the extremes of fucking killing clients but like piss poor like services of people Mm. asking for news people speaking inappropriately to clients you know people flirting and 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 having like relationships with clients and stuff like at the end of the day like your business is your business and you need to be fucking professional i I speak and it's something i'm very fucking passionate about because i mean just speaking to any one of my team I, i would hope that they all confirm that i will go above and beyond and even to the nitty gritty of just learning about their life, learning about their family. Like, mm-hmm. fuck me. All my clients that have pets, like, I want to see their fucking pets in the check-in. Like, I know their fucking dog's names. Exactly, right? But, you know, when when you get these coaches who don't even want to communicate on a personal level to their client, and it's just simply like, check-in dates this day. If your date is, if your check-in's late, then I'm not checking in with you this week. Like, they're fucking communicating through emails and they won't take phone calls or they don't do WhatsApp and they're taking fucking days and days to reply. That ain't fucking coaching. No. That's, I don't know what that is, no. it's fucking bullshit. And if, so, if that checking is late, sometimes they've forgotten, but sometimes you need to ask why. Like, why haven't you checked in today? Is mm-hmm. it because, you know, you've forgotten or is there actually something deeper going on that we need to talk about here? You know? Um yeah. And that's and like what you're saying about news as well. Like I've heard it a lot. Like, oh, you need to check in with me um, naked because I can see it better. Like I can see your physique better. All right. 
So when fucking shocking. Like I'm not being funny. When I'm sat on a judging panel, right, and I'm judging people, what are they wearing? They're wearing a yeah. bikini, or they're wearing like mm-hmm. trunks. I don't need to see what's going on under there because guess what? I'm not judging them on that. So why would you need yeah. to see that? Um, exactly. Just because it's coming from a in quotation professional, people think that that's normal. Yeah, and it's not until that this stuff starts getting put out there that people are like, shit, like, that's something that I've experienced. Why is this person doing this? Mm. And, I mean, the sad reality is that there was a, a coach a little while back that got called out for doing exactly this, um, you know, cutting people, like, prices or charging too much or charging too little. Like, there was, there, there was no set standard from one client to the next. And he got called out. There was people coming out of the woodworks and – this person's still trading. It was like two or three days yeah. later, it all got forgotten about and he's still doing what he's doing. It's, it happens it, it's, it's all sad. of the time. All of the time, people are getting called mm-hmm. out and they produce results, so people are still being coached by them. And it's almost like people don't want to believe it. Um, I know there's a couple of people yeah. really recently that have been called out. Um, one for kind of sexual misconduct with their clients um, and yeah. one for pushing a lot of drugs on their clients. Um, I've actually got a posing client that used to be with him and he pushed her on Anavar for 16 weeks straight. Hey, what the fuck? Yeah. That's way too much. And this, the sad thing is as well, like this is another kind of misconception in the industry that Anavar, in quotation, has become the female ped to use. Like they, they almost brand it as it's safe to use for females when it's really yeah. not. And I, I don't know where this has come it. from. Yeah, exactly. And it's really not. And, you know, I've, I've had females come to me and say, I want to start Anava. Why? Because it's safe to do. No, it's really not. Like, who, who's telling you it's safe? Where is this coming from? Like, and it, it's our job to educate this and, and, and to inform people of this. But when there's other coaches doing the complete opposite or it's, it's, it's almost like swimming upstream, mm. you know, and I think... There are some coaches in this industry that I fucking adore for the way they coach, the, the way they treat their clients. And you can see it. They, they stand a mile out. Um, and they're the type of people that I've always kind of looked for for inspiration. And they say the same things as me. You know, your clients are your fucking everything. So why are you treating them like pieces of yeah. shit? Because at the end of the day, a coach is nothing without their team. Exactly. And and what business are you going to have if you've got no clients anyway? You're going to be a pretty poor exactly. coach then, aren't you? Um, but yeah, it's, it, isn't, it isn't good. So the other thing that you've kind of had as well is you've had uh, clients come to you that have been coached before by someone that has been very poor. Um, and kind of the, yeah. the other thing as well is it, it's abuse of power. As a coach, you're put in a position of power. And because, like you said, it's not a regulated industry, like with teaching, for example, you know, if you're a teacher, you can't sleep with your students, right? If you're a coach, you you don't have that. You know, you don't have that governing body to say you can't do that. And it's an abuse of power as far as I'm concerned. You take someone that might might necessarily be in a very low point in prep or whatever, and and, and they're abusing it. So what is it like then taking on a client who's been coached from someone from that poor coaching background, bringing them to you and sort of changing that around and showing them how it should be. 
it's 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 so delicate now. Some it's, it's happened quite a lot ever since Emma's first show, which would have been um, fuck me, when was that? A couple of months ago now. Yeah. Ever since she stepped on stage, just just so many people. Like I must have had somewhere between fifteen and twenty people just come out of the woodwork and just say bad experience that they had with previous coaches or currently having. And oh, really? it, it, it was almost, yeah, it was so alarming that so many people come out of nowhere. And I'm not sure what it was that made them want to come to me, but it's quite a few of them joined me. And some of them have adapted to programs so well because they realized how bad it was. And some people are so shit scared of anything because mm. they've had drummed into them this you're weak you're a failure you have to eat no carbs or you have to do hours and hours of cardio unless uh, you know or you're not going to succeed and they're almost fearful of change um because they've been drummed into them this this negative style of coaching for so long so i think the kind of the the, the biggest the biggest one that kind of sticks out to my mind would obviously be laura who i took over um after her first show at pca um and it's something that just stuck out distinctly in my mind. I remember her following me for her prep and I thought, oh, wow, like she's not going to be ready in time. And, you know, I was at that show with Emma and I remember seeing Laura walk out on stage. And the first thing that I noticed was just her face. Like she looked mm. so fucking upset, stood on that stage. Um, and Laura rung me a couple of days after that show and was just like, I'm looking for a new coach. You know, I'm still signed up to this coach for 16 weeks. I mean, whoever fucking has people sign up for a term, like what even is that? Like it should be that the client can leave at any single time. They're not yeah. tied into a contract. I've never understood that, but that was, she's like, I don't know what to do because I'm still in a 16 week contract. And usually I wouldn't take someone on so close to another show because it's so much change. There's so much to learn. But just with how down she was and just the fact that she said, I just want to be 1% better than what I was on stage. And she sent me the plans and programs that she was on and it was just fucking dreadful. Like, mm. I mean, I would have expected better from, you know, PTs in an academy starting out, you know, as just like practice runs. This was, you, I mean, you couldn't even write it. Like if I published it and just put it on, people would be fucking shocked at the standard that some people are getting. Um, and I mean, Laura adapted to the plans very, very well. She knew that what yeah. she was doing wasn't right. Um, but like I said, some other people were joined and just, it's it's almost scary just how tainted they've been from their previous like experiences. Yeah, I mean, I've got a friend and her last coach, I, th I think it's different types of kind of poor coaching or abusive coaching. And I think, with Laura's, it was just lack of kind of any form of coaching, to be honest. Whereas with some people, they've had yeah. some quite aggressive coaching. I mean, I had a friend of mine and it was our peak week and her coach just sent her a voicemail that was a uh, voicemail, a voice note that was very like aggressive and rude. And she didn't know whether it was just because she was on prep that she felt upset by it or whether this was actually something that wasn't OK. Um, so she said mm. to me, Molly, just come and listen to this. And I heard it. And I looked at her and I said, if my coach sent me that, I said, I'd leave him straight away because that's, it was yeah. so nice. I wasn't on prep, you know, I wasn't emotionally involved because it wasn't me, but it was horrible the way you'd spoken to her. And I know, I actually know that you've had clients from this coach as well. 
and it's the kind of bullying that's gone on that now with her new coach new coach I know she found it really hard then to be okay with this coach because she was scared to tell him things in case he shouted at her yeah you shouldn't be scared to tell your coach something like absolutely and this is this is exactly what I've found as well with some of the new guys that have joined me recently. Um, I had a guy start with me and um, I usually ask if they have any food dislikes or anything like that. Yeah. And I think he must have accidentally put on there that he didn't like avocado. And I, I put avocado in his plan. And like it took him a day or two to message me. He's like, look, I've been really panicking. I, I didn't want to message you. You know, I feel like I should try and force myself to do it. And I'm like... Mate, if you don't like avocado, tell me you don't like avocado. Yeah. It's, it's going to take me two minutes to change it to another food source. And he was like, really? Like, I thought you were going to shout at me like, and tell me that I need to just fucking get on with it. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I'm not sure who is out there coaching people, telling them they should force foods that they don't like, but they ain't going to win any fucking prizes. And it's not going to keep right. a client on your schedule either. Like, it's fucking diabolical. And it, it, to me, I think... It's, it, it boils down to the coach's laziness. They can't be bothered yeah. to change a plan or what they've done is they've just fucking copied and pasted somebody else's plan and just sent it to somebody else and then they just don't want to change it because they're just being fucking lazy or yeah. you know they're too busy focusing on other things. Like That's why they're getting funny about it because, as you know, it takes two minutes, if that, yeah. to change someone's program, to change someone's plan. So I have clients all the time like, oh, the I don't like this. Cool, we'll change it. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, that's what they're fucking paying us for. Yeah. <laughs> like they're paying us to coach them. So if they come to you and, and, and that's the thing, they could love one food source one day and then all of a sudden they've eaten so much of it. They don't want it anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do they do then? Just now, nah, sorry, you've got a fucking gag on that bowl of rice because that's what's on your plan. Eat it. Like fucking dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. So what are some of the main things you would be looking out for as a male when it comes to bad or abusive coaching, I want you to kind of specifically talk about a male and then I'm going to talk over, talk over, then I'm going to talk about um, kind of like the female side of it. I think first of all would be checking pictures. If they're asking you to send inappropriate pictures, pictures without any clothes on, 100% is a big fucking red flag. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe I even have to fucking say that, but it happens more than people realise. In, um, in men as well? You, as, as in a male coach to a female coach? No, sorry, I meant as a male um, competitor looking at any, you know, a male coach or a female coach. Oh, sorry, sorry. As, as a male competitor, you know, what would you kind of be concerned about? Um, so I, I would say it sounds really fucking obvious, but making sure the coach knows more than what you do. I think mistakes that I've made in the past is not realizing that I was actually more educated than the person that was coaching me. Um, mm -hmm. it made me question a lot of what they were saying, probably not doing enough research on that coach as well. You know, just because that coach has transformations on their profile doesn't mean shit. You know, anybody can make a transformation. Anybody can change someone's physique. What I would probably say is speak to some of their clients. Ask their clients, like, yeah. how they are, how they feel, because 
a picture doesn't show you the journey that they've been on. A lot of people could be fucking miserable in their pictures. I would always encourage anybody that's looking to start with me, speak to any one of my clients, ask them questions. Because I could, I could sit there and, and fucking say anything to get you on yeah. the team. But, you know, a client's going to be honest. Absolutely. Cool. Any other a, kind of... big one as well. Go on. I was just going to say, any other kind of red flags as a male client you'd be looking out for? I'd say drugs is a big one. Yeah. I think um, males will always have coaches try to push drugs, whether they're assisted or not. They will always say, you know, assisted is going to give you blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're only running this? Okay, well, let's put blah, 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 blah. I won't talk about doses, but they will always try to push more. And this is something that I'm seeing so, so often. And it is more so with males, uh, especially yeah. fucking juniors at the moment. You know, the amount of juniors that I'm speaking to that are in the grand scheme of things, like not even reaching their prime of their kind of physiques and stuff, just running so much fucking anabolics. And I'm thinking, Jesus, who is doing this? Who, who mm. is, you know, the, the, these guys are still, and it's no disrespect to age or anything at all, but, you know, when I was fucking 19, 20, Jesus Christ, I was making fucking ridiculous decisions. Like, and I wasn't thinking about my future. You know, no. the, the things that these guys have got to think about is what they're doing could potentially affect the, the rest of their life, whether that be in the ability to have children or the fact that they could be on TRT for the rest of their life because their natural hormones just shut down, like, especially with the dosages they're running. Mm -hmm. So I think if anyone is, is shouting ridiculous numbers of doses at you, I would take a look at them and, and, and ask why. Um, and especially some of the compounds that people are putting out there as well. Yeah. And what would your kind of warning signs be if your, what you were running was really high or the amount of compounds they were putting in was really high? What would kind of be the warning signals there for you to go, ah, oh, shit, this isn't good? So the side effects that you're going to get from that. So breakouts in skin, nipples, moods, like sexual function, hormones changing, your libido changing. Um, you know, those, those are the side effects that I'd probably watch out for. But the main thing, I'd say if a coach is saying to you, do this, this and this, ask them why, and then turn around and ask what happens if I have a side effect? What are you going to do? Ask that because yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest turning point of whether or not you can trust that coach because I have seen many people who have started off with a coach, they have had negative side effects and they've come to me and said, Brad, I'm having this. I don't know what to do. My coach has said, do this, this and this and it's not working. So I think that's again another one in turn that making sure those, the, those coaches that you speak to and at the end of the day, there is so much kind of free advice out there um, yes, I am going to plug my coach, but the Physique Collective, they have a website that literally runs through absolutely everything. You could just watch a couple of those videos on there and that will call out your coaches as well. Yeah. That's cool. Anything else or is that kind of the main ones for you? No, that's probably the main ones, I'd say. Mm. Um, also price. Make sure you're not paying through the fucking nose for someone who really doesn't deserve to be charged yeah. that, that amount as well i mean i have heard this from people and i'm like what the hell are you paying that for okay um yeah, so absolutely. kind of from the female side um i mean we touched on this earlier if a coach is asking for like naked check-ins or saying something inappropriate 
you know, to one of your check-ins, that to me, big red flag, no, no way. Um, there's no need for it at all, at all. Um, and again, it's the, the drug use, you know, if, if you're coach, as a female, especially in the bikini category, there's not really any need to be running anything, you know, like there's a lot of bikini athletes out there that are completely natural that are winning pro cards. Like there is, um, so I don't think there is necessarily the need to push drugs, especially as a first time, especially for your first show. There's no need. When you go into some of the bigger classes, then yeah, they're used. Um, but make sure you've got a coach that's not just pushing you on them because, quote unquote, everyone is on them because they're not. And that's ridiculous. Um, so that is kind of the main things I'd say um, for me. And also kind of the way you're coach is talking to you you know is your coach talking to you in a nice manner are they being supportive or are they being negative if you miss a cardio session are they going to shout at you you know that shouldn't be happening you know and that's kind of male and female i guess as well um yeah i agree that they should be positive towards you um so what as a competitor do you think you should do if you believe your coach is abusing their position of power I guess it depends on the individual. Like if mm. you feel confident enough to confront that coach, then put the onus on them and say, I, I don't believe what you're doing is correct. Why? Um, also don't fear leaving them. This is no. something that I've seen so much of as well. People will jump on a consultation call with me who still have coaches and, you know, they'll go through everything with me and go, yeah, you know, this, this sounds incredible, but, oh, I just, I'm not sure if I can leave them. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know how they're going to react. Fuck them. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you're on the phone to another coach asking about details, that says everything. Like, my relationship with my coach, I'm never even going to entertain a conversation with another coach because no. I know that everything I've got is being covered. I'm being looked after. I'm, you know, there's, there's respect there on both sides. So if you are on the phone to somebody else asking about details, then... I think that says it all. Uh, I'm not sure where this fear comes from. Um, you know, I, it's I, abuse I, though, I, isn't I, it? You know, if someone's being abused yeah. by someone, it's, it's similar to being in an abusive relationship, really, isn't it? Like, if you've been mentally 100%. abused, then to just go and do something else, you feel there's going to be that comeback. You feel something bad is going to happen and you've, you know, your brain's been manipulated into you need to be yeah. with this coach. Um, so I, I do understand why that could be hard for someone. Um, and, you know, in this yeah. game, we see each other all the time. Um, so you would still see them at shows or whatever. It, it's still going to be there. Um, so, yeah, don't be afraid it's, to leave them. No, and, and this is something, you know, of course I've had clients leave me. I, I don't expect clients to stay with me forever. That's, that's not part of the game. But you leave on good terms. You wish them yeah. well. You... You, you hope that they continue to progress and you say if you ever want to come back you come back you talk to that person you I have never once left anyone on bad terms but you hear stories of people leaving a coach and they throw guilt trip at them and they message them and say how dare you leave me like and they, they start like almost gaslighting them and yeah you know you also hear about other situations where the coach will block the client and, you know, they'll, they'll delete posts or they'll start talking badly about them to other coaches. And that's that speaks volumes on the coach, not the Absolutely, yeah. coaching, to be honest. 
absolutely and talk to other people you know there's a lot of as a posing coach I have clients with other coaches that and I've always always said this to them like if you feel that your coach is doing something that you're not sure about come and talk to me you know I'm not I'm not there going to be like oh I want to coach you now like it's not about that it's about me making sure they are safe um yeah I, I don't care who coaches you as long as you're safe um so yeah talk to someone else in the industry you know whether that's a, a friend whether that's you know preferably a friend of a different coach because if that coach is manipulative they sh- they might think that that's okay when it's not um so talk to a friend in the industry talk to um your posing coach perhaps um if it's you know your coach that's um being abusive um just anyone else really in the industry that might be able to sit there and be like no you know look at it from an outside perspective and say to you no actually what is happening here is not okay um and be able to help you then move forward with that um and find you a coach that's going to be able to support you um with your goals so kind of this is still kind of leading on to what we've been talking about um talk to me a little about your views on the abuse of Uh, performance enhancing drugs within the industry and i know we've kind of touched on this already so it's it's a very broad question because i don't think many people that are abusing them realize they are abusing them yeah um it's it's very much many people are, are getting advice from forums or many people are getting advice from the big dave in the gym that sells it and I don't think many people realize the risks that they're running. Um, and also that a lot of information is based on old kind of studies, which don't stand for anything. Um, I think the you said it earlier on that the, the quote, everybody is on it. Um, I think that's probably one of the most detrimental kind of statements that anybody can kind of make because it almost encourages the person to believe that they have to have it Otherwise, they're not going to achieve anything. Now, you know, the individual who wants to run anabolics, that's always up to them. It's just you need to be careful about who you're taking advice from because one person's advice is another person's advice of not what to do. So yeah. I think it's, it's, very, it's a very difficult question to kind of answer, to be honest. Like, it depends. I've had this conversation with, and you know, I hate to say it, but it mainly does come from males that they get addicted to the drug. And now the, the drug is not addictive, but it's the mindset and the, the feeling while on the it. Pl- yeah, the placebo of what it brings. And, and this is something that I, I try to encourage anybody that I take on this is on anabolics that you are still a bodybuilder, whether you're on it or not. You know, you are still strong whether you're on it or not. And they get this kind of, once I stop, I'm going to lose everything. And that, that's that's where it comes from. That's where the detriment is, that they they then don't take breaks or they don't check health or, you know, they, they kind of drift in the abyss of the, the blissful unaware of, I don't want to acknowledge the bad things. I only want to focus on the good things. So they keep running and keep pushing and keep running and keep pushing. So I think yeah. that's where the abuse becomes easier and people will mask it of, oh, it's okay. I'll just push another couple of months or it's okay. I'll just, I'll run my bloods next month. You know what I mean? It's almost like burying their head in the sand. And I think sometimes until you've seen it firsthand or been there firsthand, like I know obviously you said earlier you were in hospital because of it. 
Iceland were very close to me have a stroke um, and that was partly to do with the steroids you, it almost doesn't kind of hit home because you just see all these people on stage that look great they're taking all this stuff so why wouldn't you get on stage and yeah. take all this stuff you know because and that's it. everyone's doing that's it and they look great on stage so wouldn't you exactly and I think because a lot of what is happening is happening internally and because mm. people can't see the effects of it, it's much easier to then bury your head in the sand. And, and like you say, it's not until you end up in hospital or you start having organ issues or like you say, heart failure or strokes. And this is something that is happening more and more in the industry. I mean, since lockdown, how many deaths has there been in the bodybuilding industry of like big fucking names? Fucking loads, yeah. Exactly. It's scary, but yeah. people are still naive to the effects of, of it. And, you know, yes, of course, I've always been very open and honest about my usage, but I've never been a pro drug. I'm not going to sit there and say you have to do it. And, you know, some of these bodybuilders out there, they're just like literally ramming it down people's throats. It's if it's your choice and you want to do it, that's completely fine. But as long as you're doing it in a safe manner, then that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so... This has been a very like serious chat for us. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> We've never sat here very. and like been no, I serious. Think... I... This is quite good. This is, yeah, this is the most kind of like serious we've ever been. There's not been many yeah. fucks or cunts in this, so I know that's very good. The swear jar's nearly empty. Yeah, I know. I was expecting <laughs> that to be pretty full at the end of this, to be honest. I know. I was going to put a disclaimer, like warning, like. There is going to be some naughty Parental words advising. in this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, what I said in the group chat I was like, "Do you guys want anyone in particular on the podcast?" They're like, "Can you put Brad on?" I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." I was like, mm, "It might have to be like an eighteen plus." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, eighteen plus. Like, uh, right. So, what's next for you, both as a competitor and as a coach? Okay, um, I guess coaching first. So, coaching is just forever expanding um, yeah always want more always want bigger always want better um and you know i want I, I laugh about it but the one thing i fucking can't stand in this industry is when you see people post things and say oh three spaces left join now while you can like, i fucking hate that like you will never see me do that because I'm, i will always have spaces open like this this is all i do i bodybuild my coach yeah. So the goal for me is just do what I'm doing now, but just on a bigger scale and just keep progressing. More people on stage, more lifestyle clients, just as many people as I can coach. There, there is no limit. And you've got a few more girls left to go on this year, haven't you? Yep. So um, what's two this weekend at the Universe? And then very, very busy. Can we busy... just talk about Sue a second? Because I fucking love Bless her. Bless her. I, let's give her some fucking airtime. Let's Just give Sue some airtime. Do you know what? So with a lot of um, Brad's clients, Brad preps them, I pose them. Um, and I've got like a posing group chat. And I don't know if you know that Sue put this in there. We were having a little chat on there yesterday saying about, you know, how we feel about self-doubt and things and how to make things better. We said that like, sometimes you just sit down and have a cup of tea. Sue posted a photo of her mug in this group chat. Have you seen Sue's mug? No, I haven't, but I can only imagine. Oh, I have, yes. <laughs> the big gut, yeah, I have. Fucking yeah, hell, yeah, Barry, she Barry brought it into it. the gym. <laughs> yeah, she brought it into the gym a couple of years ago when she first got it. And this, this yeah. is Sue all over. So 
So Sue won't mind me saying, Sue was actually um, one of the clients that was coached by my previous coach. Um, and she was actually put in hospital by him. She uh, was told she'd never walk again, told that she could potentially be in a wheelchair, and she definitely never, ever trained. Um, this was uh, maybe six, seven years ago. So around the same time that I was being coached by him. And I've known her for probably around eight years. So she's always... As much as she is a fucking dick, like she's always had a fucking special place in my heart. So to kind of go from the the bad experience that she had with that coach to now being back on stage and competing again after she was told that she'd never walk again is just fucking remarkable. Yeah. I mean, the woman is a pain in my ass, but I fucking love her to bits. a pain in all our ass, to be honest. Yeah. yeah Gave herself is. fucking food poisoning the day before I fucking <laughs> last show. Like, can you fucking believe it? Uh, but... As, as everyone say, I don't think anyone will fucking change her. She's an yeah. absolute diamond of a woman. She is. Absolutely mental, but just lovely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she, she posted a picture of um, a mug with a man that a was massive very much... Cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she yeah. told one of my clients to do some stripper practice in her heels. So that was good. <laughs> I yeah. didn't give her some I mean, of that video she sent me. Sue is that one person that you ever take to meet your parents or you take to a fancy restaurant, you want to stick tape over her mouth because she has no control of what comes out of it. And she will say the weirdest and most uncomfortable things known to man at the most inappropriate times. But you just can't help but love her. Yeah, no, she is lovely and brilliant. And I'm sure she's going to do great this weekend. I really can't wait to see her up there, to be honest. It's something really special, actually, with Sue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. we've got Sue. Who else have you got? Fuck me, the list is endless. Um, I've got Amy, Immy, and Connor um, in July. And then September, October, and November is an absolute crazy time uh, because I've got quite a few people for the two growth regional qualifiers and hopefully the Arnolds. So it's going to be yeah. a very busy end to the season. And then, so far, quite a few people in the PCA finals as well. So, Kerry from last year, Emma, Sue. So, very, very busy season this year. And then, some of the lads as well. So, very, very happy with this this first year for the clients competing. It's, it's, it's very, it's, it's taken off like fucking astronomically, to be honest. So, yeah, very blessed very for well. that. So, yeah, you've worked happy. hard for it. And as a competitor, yeah. kind of... Where are you going from there? Yeah. Um, so it's quite funny, actually. One of the questions that someone asked for the podcast was, uh, let me dig it up. I think it was Laura asked, am I going to stay in classic forever? Um, forever in classic category, or would you change? So the plan for me previously was to change classes, but my heart was never in it. My heart has always been in classic. Um, I've always been fascinated with the posing, the routine, the kind of flow of it. I can't stand, sorry, I did just burp. I don't know if anyone fucking heard that. <laughs> um, I can't just burp down that, yeah, difficult. There we go, there's Brad. Yeah. Um, I've never liked the kind of big, bulky, aggressive style of posing. Just, it doesn't do anything for me. Classic has always been what I wanted to kind of focus on. Now, I guess my time frame in Classic is whether or not I can still fit the weight categories. Uh, but at the moment... I'm still continuing a growing phase until probably January. That's, that's planned on paper. I mean, the 
the length of that push-up is just basically dictated by my appetite. Can I carry on eating? So at the moment, we're in a good run. I've put on six kilos in the last kind of 12, 13 weeks. So the growth is happening. Um, we're yeah. just going to continue to grow for as long as we can. You're too big to go on a trampoline now. Absolutely. Like, couldn't do a fucking skydive because I was over the limit. Can't go on a trampoline because I'm over the limit. Like, what the fuck can you do over 100 kilos? It's boring life. Yeah. So no worry, Bob. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, What no, we'll do now good. is we'll jump on some Instagram questions. Let me grab them up. There was a yeah, couple I had. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Um, now, I actually find this one a little bit offensive. Um, but I've got, when is he dropping categories down to bikini? Down. I don't really think oh, that's the right wow. word, is it? No. Who's, 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 who's uh, said that? Laura, like? you need to have a word oh, with wow, your wow. girls. No, up. <laughs> I mean. So a step up to bikini. Step up to bikini. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we've, we've all seen my moves in heels. Like, yeah. I, I can hold my ground on stage. Um, so, I mean, shit, like, I've already spoken to Joe about it. Like, once I'm lean, I might jump into a uh, bikini class as well. Yeah, I think you should. I actually would love it if one day you and me can just do some posing together. Because you had my heels on, so I couldn't pose with you. But I think we need to do, like, yeah. a little pose down, the two of us, in some heels. I might get and... in touch with Jazz and see if I can get some heels. Yeah, I reckon she'll get you some. No worries. Um, (laughs) it's happening yeah perfect cool right the next one no this is gonna be really hard it's like a fucking tongue twister cronuts cruffins or cruffles that's kate all day long it's gotta be yeah it's kate yeah (laughs) um so say it again cronuts cruffins or cruffles I ain't got a fucking clue what a cruffle is. This sounds like the gruffle. I don't know what a cruffle um, is. Cruffle. I can't even figure out what that is. It's like, what? Nah. Crumpet and a... I know what a cronut is because they sell them truffle? in M&S. A cruffin yeah, yeah, yeah. is a croissant muffin. I'd probably say a cronut. Mm-hmm. A cronut. I'd go cronut. I'd go cronut. We had them from cronut. M&S. Fucking They're cool. really nice. We don't know what a cruffle is, Kate. You need to buy us one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's right. it. The, the deal is, Kate has to buy all three, and then I make an executive decision based on that. Yeah, there we go. and she has to buy me all three as well because obviously I'm the host of the podcast. I have to try them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can with that. Uh, proudest moment so far. Hmm, shit. Um, that's a very very difficult question. So. Uh, on two different levels. I think when I won PCA, because it it was something that I'd worked so fucking hard for. And I mean, if anyone watched that show, she, they saw me fucking blubber on stage like a fucking girl. So I think that kind of says it all, really, of, of how much went into that. Um, but on a completely different level, just coaching, just actually turning what I dreamt of into my actual business and, and, and what I do every single day. You know, watching people on stage fucking walk away with trophies and, you know, changing people's lives and, you know, and seeing people transform, you know. There's, there's one client that always stands out in mind and she has lost a fucking astronomical amount of weight. Um, 
she sticks out in my mind as well. There's so many things there, but as a whole, I'd probably just say what I do is a job. Yeah, that's cool. So the next one is future goals for the team. So we've kind of discussed this year. Mm-hmm. What is, have you got like a goal this year or in the next five years that you like really want to achieve as a coach for your team? So I, I, I'm always updating my personal goals of, of what I want to achieve and where I want to be business-wise. And I think this year, going into next year, I want a client to walk away with an overall. Um, yeah. I think as a business, to just be one of those recognized names in the industry. You know, when, when someone says online coach or coaching, you, you automatically think that, the Calamari Street, the Christian Chapman, the, the Joe Jeffrey. I, I want to be up there with those big fucking names. And, you know, people look at that name and think, yeah, that's that's the online coach you want to go with. Yeah, that's cool. Um, how to handle staying in your own lane? Mm, get the fuck off of Instagram for a start. I think yeah. that is one of the biggest ones that kind of affects people's mindset. They they literally scroll through Instagram endlessly looking at pictures. And I can tell you right now, the amount of times I've seen a picture of someone on Instagram and I've seen them up in the flesh, very underwhelming at times. So you're mm-hmm. literally scaring the shit out of yourself for no reason. You know? yeah. At the end of the day, yes, of course, you're stepping up on stage against people, but it, you're competing against yourself. The journey is for yourself. You know, Yes, of course, you all want to go and win, but... You step up on stage with competitors and, and there is always so much love and so much respect for just being up there with each other that you should just enjoy the process rather than going up there and competing against people. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have some on your Instagram as well? Uh, yes. So um, how did you both end up working together in regards of Molly doing posing for your clients? Do you want to take that one? Yeah, I can do. So I think we, obviously we'd, we'd got along for a while and I'd said to you, hadn't I, I was thinking of starting posing coaching and coaching. And then you had a client who had had some posing coaching in person, hadn't she? And they were, yeah. ta- they hadn't been taught the correct posing. And you just said, look, can you have a look at this for me? I did. And I was like, no, nah, it's not right. And basically fixed it. And then, kind of went from there didn't it if you want to kind of tell your side absolutely so obviously i knew molly was fucking exceptional at what she did um and it it did all start from my first client that i prepped um she was with somebody else and we decided to put her in touch with you and it, it literally just worked perfectly um molly took the zoom call um i was there in person with the client so i could help kind of when Molly gave cues, I could then kind of cue the client while we did it. And because we just knew each other and, and we also trust each other as coaches yeah. as well. Molly trusts me as a prep coach and I trust her as a posing coach. And I think that is basically in a nutshell to kind of enclose and, and encapsulate everything we've said that trust is fucking everything in this game. And I trust Molly with what she does. So, of course, why am I not going to send my girls to her to go do their posing? Because... I mean, the proof is in the fucking pudding. Everybody that stepped on stage has placed. Yeah. 
And I think actually as well, it's it's worked really well for both of us in our own coaching as well, because mm-hmm. I think when you've had a little, like you've been a bit worried about a client, you've always been able to come to me and just say like, Molly, I'm unsure about this. Or what do you think mm-hmm. of this? And I've been able to do the same for you and say, oh God, I've got this issue at the moment. Like, what yeah. should I do? Um, so we've always kind of had that relationship as well, which is really nice um, to kind of have someone else as kind of a right-hand man when I need it. And hopefully I, yeah. you know, do the same for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. Any others quickly? So Sue did put, how do you get on it? Well done, Sue. That sums up. How do you get on it? How do how do I get on what? <laughs> what, are we, what are we getting on here? Um, um, I, I, I have no idea what she means, but how do you get on it? Well, well tend to start with a glass of wine. <laughs> Sit with a nice yeah, yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> wine, and then that usually then progresses to the spirits. Yeah. I, I have no idea what she means by that. Um, so someone has put show days, carving up water manipulation a competitor timing and best methods very very broad question and would be very very individual dependent i mean the 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 biggest defining factor would be whether this individual is male or female Um, but obviously you're going to have to reduce water intake into the lead up to the show Um, carbs depending on the individual a male is going to need more carbs but it's all very much done by sight personally um I always see what the, the client looks like in the lead up to the show. Are they looking soft? Are they looking watery? Are they looking empty? Like it is very much done by eye personally. And I think it's, you know, you, you will read about how to carve someone up or how to dehydrate someone. I, I don't think, yes, of course, there's obviously methods that you would follow, but you're not going to follow that method. If you're looking at someone and they're looking full as fuck, you're not going to give them more carbs if they don't need more carbs. You know what I mean? Yeah, because all, all that will happen then is they just spill over, so. Yeah, um, exactly. I think we could probably do a whole podcast on that, to be honest, because there are so many different methods yeah. to it and different people, you know, they can't, I've just put on stage, I could push quite a lot of carbs in half for me. You can hardly put any in me because I just bloat. So it, it's yeah. very, very person-dependent, um, I think. that Very one. broad, yeah. Like you said, you could do a whole podcast on that, to yeah. be honest. So I believe the last one was... Would you rather fight one T-Rex-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized T-Rexes? Well, personally, I would fight the one fucking huge duck because I'm hard. I think I would fight the hundred duck-sized T-Rexes. Because ducks yeah, aren't that big. Easy, you just stand on them all. Yeah, you just stand on them Yeah, exactly. Nah, that's the pussy way out. I'm taking on the one big fucking duck and then I'd ride it you'd ride it okay actually if yeah, i just had the duck it. my dog <laughs> you'd... okay uh... i dread to think i dread to think where that's going dread to think where that's going i just think it went somewhere in my mind it probably shouldn't have gone yeah i, I heard that and then when you stopped yourself i was like yeah there we go. <laughs> no well you said um i would let the dog go for the duck though <laughs> Because he chases ducks all the time. And he's got quite a talent now of killing pheasants. So I reckon he could kill it for me and then I'd be fine. 
Yeah, but that's not you taking on the duck, is it, for fuck's sake? That's the dog taking on the duck. Yeah, but the dog is part of me. I am one with the dog. I am one with the dog. <laughs> He's sat here now. He won't leave me. He can't leave his mum. I'm sure Zeus can fuck up the duck, but I ain't getting Zeus to fight my battles. To be well, fair, actually fucking run away. He's a bitch. Well, I don't know, but oh, I don't lost, think that would be No, you're back. You're back. You're good. Right. The last question I have for you is, and this is one I give everyone, is what is the one thing you would like anyone listening today to take away from today's podcast? Oh, good question. Good question. Um, I would say not be afraid to use your voice. Speak up. Just because your coach is your coach doesn't mean you can't ask questions or question them or speak up and say no. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Cool. And if legend, have you got anything else you want to add today? Um, you're a prick. No. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, no, not that I know of. I mean, if anyone's interested in more from me, go and follow me on Instagram at cool. BW Analytic Coaching. Other than that, well, no, I was going to ask you where people can you find you, but you've. You've jumped ahead on me on that one, so that's fine. Well, most people can find me on any street corner between the hours of 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> now, um, yeah, social media. Catch me cool. on there. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And, yeah, if you have, please share it with your friends so they can enjoy as well. Thank you, and goodbye. Much love. No one can see you.